Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brian Hanley, Big B. Welcome back to Let's Talk Ball. Well, we're we're coming down to getting close to the end of the first season with this. And I wanted to cover this topic again. This is another topic that had my brother been with us. We would have done this maybe not the first episode, but it wouldn't have been fifth. I can assure you. And it's sports scandals. Now, I know what you're thinking, Brian. You know, there's there's always a scandal out there for something. You know, people make so much about nothing. And, you know, I want to talk about the things and why they were scandals, what went into them, which one was the worst. Just kind of play it out. Let's just talk about it. You know, um, sometimes the scandals are funny. Some of them are extremely serious to the umpteenth degree. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to dive in um, and see what you think. So let's talk ball. Broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Michael Harris has it. Here's Jordan. scandals are concerned let's i guess let's set a precedent or some parameters that's a better word some parameters you know it everything doesn't always have to be illegal you know against the law where a lot of it is don't get me wrong but the main thing is a scandal is controversy how controversial is it was it does it need to be um Things of that nature. You know, scandals are fun. Some of them. All scandals are interesting. You know, some can be fun, like I mentioned before. Some can be fun and funny. Um, Some are extremely serious. Some are just stupid. You know, it's just like, what is going on? What could they possibly be thinking? So that kind of leads me to some of the honorable mentions. For instance, honorable mention. Manti Teo. Now look, <laughs> when I talk about some that are stupid, this would be classified as stupid. How in the world do you have a make-believe girlfriend and you are potentially the number one football player in America playing at Notre Dame University? How is it that you have a girlfriend that you haven't? How could you be catfished? My whole thing is, look, now look. I I mean, as a lot of you guys know, I mean, I've been married for 16 years, but there was a time when I wasn't married. You know, when I was in college, I mean, hey, hey, they called me B-Love for a reason. You know, I was out there. I wasn't a star. I happened to live with two stars. And so I would just pick up the scraps, you know, and I was happy to do it. 
you know. But how in the world, as a football player at the University of Notre Dame, do you not, you just have a make-believe girlfriend? How does that happen? Seriously, people, how does that happen? I, I just, oh my goodness. You talk about things that are stupid. I mean, that's that's the definition of a head scratcher. I'm like, how in the world? But, you know, it, it, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, this dude, I mean, went and played in the NFL. I'm just like, you have a girlfriend that you've never seen. Just an online girlfriend. One that you're in love with. One that you're, you're, you know, bringing up in press conferences and you're thanking. I'm like, what? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, like I said, Manti Teo, he would be what I'm calling as the on the honorable mention as far as scandals. Just crazy, insane. Whoo, goodness. Another one would be Reggie Bush at USC. Now, you can say, hey, Brian, how much of a scandal was it? Well, I mean, the guy gave back his Heisman. They took away their national championships, which, again, to me is stupid. The guy was on the field. Paying a guy or paying his family didn't change what he did on the football field. So taking away wins, I don't see what that, I mean, we all knew what they were. We all, we all knew. We all know what it is. So, I don't know. And to me, it's dumb. The Reggie Bush scandal was a big scandal. I mean, it was huge. I mean, never seen a guy that had to give back his, I don't know, his Heisman Trophy. I mean, it was a, it, it was just a bad, bad deal. I mean, Pete Carroll was there. He hightailed it before anybody. And I mean, before they got in trouble, he just said, eh, you know what? I know what's coming down the pipe. I'm hightailing it. And when that happened, you knew it was bad. When Pete Carroll left before anything got announced, you should have known. We all should have known. Oh, they're getting in trouble because he's leaving. Yep, they did it. Whatever happens, they did it, and he's hightailing it. So that was a big deal to me. Now, the next one is a weird one. And this is the last of my honorable mentions. Remember in 2001, Little League World Series, a guy named Danny Alamante. Remember that guy? Nobody could hit him. Guy was throwing fireballs. Well, I mean, yeah, he was huge. He was, I think he was like six foot tall, which there's been some tall 12-year-old, 13-year-olds. I mean, I mean, forget the fact that he was 15. <laughs> you know, let, let's, let's forget that. I mean, 15. I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to accomplish. And the thing that that drives you crazy is like, you knew the parents knew. All of them knew that the parents knew. Or, or all the parents knew. Everybody knew that. So it wasn't like some big surprise. It wasn't some, so it's like he lived where all, they, all the people lived, the kids lived, the players. This wasn't some... Big conspiracy, like everybody was in on it. Eh, you know what? 
Who cares if he's 15? We're going to let him play. I'm like, and then for him, I'm like, why are you wanting to win against a bunch of 12-year-olds and you're 15? I mean, are you really that weak? And I hate to talk about kids that way, but if you're really that that weak that you have, oh, well, I can't compete with the kids my age. I got to compete with kids that are three years younger than me. And at that age, the difference between a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old is gigantic. Not just physically, mentally too. I mean, the difference is night and day. Literally, the difference is night and day between a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. He's out there throwing 90 miles an hour to a bunch of 12-year-olds. You should be ashamed of yourself. And so should the parents. My goodness. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just despicable. Just despicable. Whew, my goodness. But those are my honorable mentions. Now let's dig in here. First one that I came up with was Pete Rose. As we know, Pete Rose, he gambled. Now he said he didn't gamble while he was playing, that he gambled just when he was a manager. I don't know which is worse. You know, as a player, you know, you can go up and if he was point shaving or whatever he was doing, you can go up and, you know, you can make an error or two on the field. You can strike out on purpose. But, you know, that's just one play. And in baseball, there's lots of them. Now, granted, it could be in a key situation and, and you could let in a couple of runs or or not get a hit in a situation to knock in a couple of runs. But as a manager, you kind of have control of the game. You know, you can make changes. You can go to relief pitchers pitch hitters. You can do a lot of things that can control the game to change the outcome. So I, in my personal opinion, being the manager is worse. And it has a huge scandal because as you know, Pete Rose is the all-time hits leader in baseball and was a great baseball player. Not good. Pete Rose is great. Still not in the Hall of Fame though. Still not in the Hall of Fame. And he's never going to get in. He is never going to get in. They are never going to bend the rule to allow him to get in. Nobody's going to do it. He's not getting in. And I don't think it's, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I Personally, I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's what I do believe. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He served his punishment. Enough's enough. You know, we can stand on this high moral ground if you want to and say this or that. But the bottom line is the man's the all-time hits leader. The Baseball Hall of Fame looks like a joke when you don't have him a part of it. Put the man in. Put the man in. What did he do? Just put him in. It's okay. Nobody's going to think less of you. Put the man in the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. He deserves it. That's the bottom line. I mean, there's lots of people. You'll never find a whole bunch of people on both sides or that agree on both sides of this. They're not going to agree. You know, but Pete Rose is a big scandal because everybody knows who Pete Rose is. So to me, that made it 
into the top list. Now, I did six of these. You know, I did a top six because I couldn't decide on a top five. So I went ahead and did six. Pete Rose would be number six. Number five, the steroid era in baseball. Now, you might think, well, Brian, is that really a scandal? Well, hell yeah, it's a scandal. I mean, it was a time period of baseball where guys were using illegal drugs to play, and lots of them. There, you know, wasn't five or six guys that were doing it. 65% of people that so supposedly were on steroids during this time period, which is a ton. 65%. And not just, you know, your average, you know, run-of-the-mill players. It was top performers, top guys. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Alex Rodriguez, right there at the top. I mean, you can talk about Alex Rodriguez. Oh, well, he was doing, hey, Alex Rodriguez was a great baseball player. Nah, he's not even going to sniff the Hall of Fame. Not even going to sniff it. But the thing about the steroid era, though, all these guys were doing it. So, and I know we've talked about doping in previous episodes, and we have. You know, let's talk ball. We've done that. But at the same time, it's this is something that should be talked about as a huge, a bigger scandal than it is. But the reason that it's not is because everybody was doing it. That's literally the reason that it's not. Everybody was doing it. So they have to draw a line. Now, you're going to put asterisks by everybody's statistics during this time period. Well, no, you can't do that because you don't know who was in and who was out. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's really, it put a stain on baseball for a long time. But people just had to come and learn to accept it. And the reason that they had to come and learn to accept it is because, like we said before, everybody was doing it. Everybody was doing it. So it just became this thing that it kind of got swept under the rug. I absolutely 100% know that baseball, or believe that baseball knew all about it. You'll never be able to convince me that they weren't, which why, which is why the scandal goes up a couple of bars in my book over others is because the league was in on it. The league knew what these guys were doing. And they just let it go. Why? They had a strike. They needed fans. Nothing brings fans back to the game more than than home runs. We needed something. And they just let it go. Just let it go. Now they got all these rules and strict rules. and, And you get banned for 85 games if you get caught the first time. And... You can't play in the postseason. All those things are good. However, when they knew guys were doing it, they just let it go. And it wasn't like, oh, well, they did it for six months. No, it was like a decade of letting it go, sweeping it under the rug. A decade of corruption. Think about that. So that's where I've got them. I've got them number five, or got it, I should say, number five in the steroid era. In baseball, big scandal.
Next. Tim Donaghy. The referee from the NBA. Gambling. Now, again, we talked about Pete Rose and his gambling. A referee in an NBA game can absolutely change the outcome of games. Call a foul, not call a foul. Plenty that they can do to change the outcome of a game. Heck, when the guys aren't gambling or that we know of that aren't gambling, refs can change the outcome of of a basketball game. Well, now that you knew a guy was, you know that he was just absolutely cheating. And yet, it kind of got swept under the rug. Well, we'll just kick him out. He's just one guy. We're done. And I'm like, really? Is that all you think that it is? Think it's just one guy, huh? And that was my whole thing. You really only believe it's just one, one bad apple? Well, who knows? Personally, I believe that it's just one guy. But you can't just assume that. And for them to just sweep this thing under the rug, oh, we got him out of here. Hey, there was one guy. We'll sweep him out of here. No, no, no. Should have been more investigation. Should have been talked about more, but the NBA can't have that. They absolutely can't have that because if they do, then all credibility goes out the window. So I understand from a marketing and money-making standpoint exactly what they're talking about, but at the same time, we got to be realistic. Got to be realistic. That, to me, I, I don't know how it gets bigger than a referee being caught gambling and you know was point shaving. Well, he's not really point shaving because he's not involved with that, but gambling on a, on the basketball court It just, I'm not sure it gets bigger or deeper than that, to be honest. I mean, as far as the scandal. But we press on because I was able to find three other instances that absolutely were worse. I mean, you would think that gambling, a referee, that is literally what the nightmare of every single professional, amateur, every league, an official that's on the take. I mean, think about back in Little League. You know, in Little League, you didn't want there to be an official that was related to somebody else on another team or was buddies with another team's coach or something like that. That went all the way back to Little League. Now you got an official, a referee gambling on games? It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. But I was able to find a couple that were worse. Lance Armstrong. 2013. I mean, we all remember Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong. It wasn't that he cheated for all that time. Not to me. That wasn't the, the thing that was what you couldn't believe that you couldn't get over or it was impossible to, to think that that he was capable of doing that. I don't think that was ever in question. There was too much smoke for there not to be fire way too much smoke. 
too much of all of it for there not to be fire. What was disheartening was what he did to the other people. Just destroying lives left and right. Going and just destroying people. You know, when he was dirty, he was guilty. He was 100% guilty. And yet for what he did, he's out there destroying lives. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I just, I, I just, oh my goodness. Absolutely crazy. I mean, and the scandal that just cheating to win all those Tour de France's in a row, just guilty as sin. And you know, people knew. And in cycling, it's not, hey, I took a steroid. They're doing blood transfusions. The kind of craziness that happens in the hospital. That's what they're doing in a hotel room. They're doing blood transfusions. So you're telling me somebody's doing a blood transfusion and nobody knows about that? Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. What are we talking about? You're telling me that the, just the guy, you know, that your local trainer is just is doing blood transfusions? Of course not. Of course not. You know what was going on? People were paying, getting paid, you know, and just going out and just destroying people over when you knew you were 100% guilty. I think that's the problem that people really, really, that's the problem that I have. Not that he did it. We all know he did it. I mean, you know, it was a great story. And that's the thing that makes it even worse is that the story, the man comes back from testicular cancer. He comes back and starts winning and becomes this inspiration. Started a great, you know, charitable franchise. I mean, it's just, or organization, not franchise, I apologize, but organization, I mean, everybody was part of it. Everybody loved it. Nike, I mean, do you know how much money he made from that or he made for cancer research? And yet he was a one million percent fraud. I mean, a one million percent fraud. No ifs, ands, or buts. Just an absolute fraud. Now, I know what people are going to say. Well, Brian, how do you distinguish baseball and what baseball was doing from Lance Armstrong? How come you're putting more weight on him, blaming him for more? Baseball wasn't out there destroying lives to keep a secret. Baseball was trying to make money to survive for baseball as a whole because baseball had shot itself in the foot with labor issues and cost themselves a World Series. By going on strike. That's part of that issue. Lance Armstrong was out destroying lives. Giving testimony. And just destroying people. Taking away their way of life. Making them fight all these things in court. Costing people money. I mean that's what he was out there doing. Literally. Baseball wasn't destroying anybody's lives. 
That's not what they were doing. And there's a difference. Now, if baseball was out there, you know, blaming people for this and taking people to court and suing them for for saying that baseball didn't do any of that. So that should be an easy distinction between the two. Or it should be an easy distinction between the two, or you would think. But it is on my end. It's a very, very easy distinction to decide between that. It was bad. It was bad. And he just kind of went away, and that's what should have happened. Just went away. Now, I'm sure there's people that should sue his butt off because Lance Armstrong is still filthy rich. He still made the money. And that's another thing. All this money that's involved, you don't think that there were, you know, clauses and things that are in place. I'm sure he probably said, nope, this is how I'm doing it. So I don't think every, I think everybody, I don't know if everybody was in on it, but I think there was more than just him and, you know, the local doctor. They were in on this thing. It wasn't just him. There was a lot of people that profited from all of this. And when there's money involved and people are profiting, you know, there's a lot of strings that are being, I don't know. Let's just say there's, there's not, there's loose strings, a lot of ends that need to meet. It's just, I don't know. It's crazy. It was just a crazy situation. A lot of people in on it. And here we are. Now, here are my final two. And one of them, I believe, gets swept under the rug. And it's almost like a lot of people don't know about it. But back in 2003, a guy named Carlton Dotson played basketball at the University of Baylor. Gets caught up in the wrong scene and goes and kills his teammate. Patrick Denny. So, and I know what you're thinking. He killed him? Yeah, he kills him. Gets caught up, takes him out to a field, shoots him. All over some drug deal that Patrick wasn't part of, part of at all, had nothing to do with. So he goes and he kills him, and then comes back to the coach and lies, this Carlton Dotson, and then the coach takes his side and they try to blame it all on the guy that got killed and said he was a big drug dealer. So the coach covered it up. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, have you guys even heard anything like that? Where the coach is out there covering up a guy killing another guy on his team for no reason. Like the coach didn't have to do that. I mean, what would be the point? And I mean, this coach, why? I'm just trying to figure out what the, the motivation that the coach had. I'm just, I really don't know. I really don't know what the motivation behind all of it was that you would want to cover up one of your... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it had to do with, okay, well, you know, he didn't want his program to, to look a certain way and all this kind of stuff, but 
Dave Bliss. I mean, <laughs> there's some some things that you just you don't talk about or you don't want to talk about. You don't really understand. But there's certain things that you just like. What in the world? I, I I'll never get that one. That's one I'll just never understand. Why would you cover that up and try to blame a dead child? Dead kid that didn't do anything wrong. Didn't do anything wrong. All of a sudden, you're blaming him for being shot. It's just insane. Just insane. And again, it's one of those stories that gets pushed under the rug because a lot of people, I mean, I know it happened a while back and social media is not what it, I mean, it wasn't even around back then. So that's one of the reasons that it's not that big of a deal, but it's just one of those to where it's, it should be a bigger deal. I know they came out with an HBO special talking about it a little bit and that's fine was shot and killed and Dave Bliss was part of the, the almost got away with it with the cover up. It's just ridiculous. I remember hearing about the whole thing and thinking, Oh my goodness, this is terrible. Um, again, like I said, some scandals are funny. This is absolutely one that's not, there was no profiting. There was no money that people were profiting off of. This was just sickening. Just sickening. Which brings me to the last one. Which is even worse. Now, here's the thing. I've got a good friend of mine who is a die-hard Penn State guy. Just die-hard. And I'm sure he'll be mad that I'm talking about it. But that's just the way that it is. In 2011, the whole Joe Paterno... I shouldn't even say Joe Paterno, the Penn State scandal. Now here, I don't want to say something is worse than a murderer. But when you attack children and you attack kids and you're molesting kids, I mean, you know that something is bad when the criminals in prison don't like you when you come to prison. You know you've done something bad. Hey, they may kill 50 people, but you go molesting children, then we're going to kill you. That's how they feel about it. So it the whole thing stems, and I've said it from the very, very beginning. Joe Paterno knew. And he didn't just know the day that his assistant coach came to tell him about it. He knew 10 years before when they came to him and told him. And he still let this man run around on his campus. That's what I don't understand. That's the part of this whole scandal that drives me insane. All the things that Joe Paterno had done for Penn State. All of them. All the good that he has done for that university. It all goes out the window. Now, I know what some people are going to say. One of my good friends is probably saying the same thing. 
Oh, Brian, you can't blame him. He wasn't the one who does it. You're going to punish him worse than the offender. Well, you know what? Here's what I do know about that statement. Had it been his child or grandchild, Joe Paterno would have called the governor. That would have been his first call. Because that's what everybody always says is, hey, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He turned it into, you know, his superiors, athletic director and the president. He told them. And he did. Who they're scum of the earth and they're paying their ultimate price is because they covered the whole thing up as well. Instead of them doing what was right, they said, eh, nah. Covered the whole thing up. Despicable human beings. All of these people, by the way. All of them despicable human beings. But Joe Pa, his first call, had it been his grandchild, he'd have called the governor and said, I need you to send the National Guard down here to come and get this guy. Because if not, I'm going to kill him. That's what would have happened. So I don't want to hear that argument. That's a, a weak argument. He did what he was supposed to do. No, he didn't. He was supposed to look out for those children by any means necessary. And he did not do that. And he knew the guy was doing it. He knew it. And I don't want to talk ill will of the dead. But all the good that Joe Pod did for the university goes out the window. It's like, I could cure cancer tomorrow. But if I went out and shot 10 people the day after, nobody would really care that I cured cancer, would they? There you go. Just because you do a lot of good things does not give you the right to make a horrible, horrible personal decision that affects lives. That ruins lives. Doesn't give you that right. And he did. And ultimately, I believe that that's what killed him. Is that enough was enough. His mind, body could not take the guilt or shame anymore. Now, I know that's not a popular opinion. I know that's speaking ill of, of the dead. But I believe that's the truth. Because I believe that's exactly what happened. Now, as far as what he did, I, I mean, again, Jerry Sandusky is the devil in the human body. 30 years of molesting children on the campus of Penn State, forming a foundation to recruit kids to come and do it. It doesn't get worse than that. My goodness. And yet, he was allowed to stick around and continuously do this on campus. And all the people, again, everybody always says, oh, well, I can't believe Joe Paul I mean, you can't blame him for that. Yes, you can blame him. I know he wasn't committing the act himself. I get that part of it. But if you just, if that's the whole thing, well, he wasn't doing it, so he shouldn't be held accountable. Really? Well, when he found out, what did he do? Nothing. He didn't do anything. And he should be ashamed of himself, and I believe that he was. It's just despicable. 
literally despicable, but not here to, I'm just here to speak the truth. And then that's just one of the things I just have no patience for people that attack innocent children. I have no patience for that. So it really wasn't, you know, this is kind of personal. I shouldn't say it really wasn't. This is pretty personal for me. I mean, it, it's not something that happened to me, so I'm not going that route or saying anything like that. But, you know, voices of children, and you don't even know how many it was. You just know about the ones that came forward. You know how many that probably didn't come forward, and it just makes you want to vomit. And then they get these penalties, and I had people arguing, oh, well, if you destroy the football team, it's going to destroy the town. So you're really more worried about the town than you are these kids. That's, oh, well, you can't destroy the town for what one man did. Well, that university let a man run around on its campus and didn't do anything. And yes, the university did, because when the face of the universe, of the university, and the most important person in the history of that university knows it, the president knows it, the athletic director knows it, those are your faces, those are the people that you know that could do something, that could stop it, and they chose not to stop it. So I just have no, no sympathy for anybody involved in that whole thing. I don't have sympathy for the fans. I don't have sympathy for anybody. I don't. Because people that, I shouldn't say I don't have sympathy for anybody. I don't have sympathy for anyone that would choose to defend and try to deflect. You know, and when you try to deflect, that's where I have the problem. Because you would rather root on your team and your school than say, you know what? We screwed up. We were wrong. This is disgusting. And we got to pay the price and just deal with whatever we have to deal with. That's tough, easier said than done by somebody on the outside like me. However, I've had to deal with some pretty bad scandals for the school that I root for, the University of Louisville. And there's nothing that we can do. I mean, hey, you got to deal with it. Move on. What I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, it is what it is. So that's, you know, that's where I said just don't have any sympathy because a lot of people just want to deflect and, and nonsense, and I just can't be a part of that. I don't want to hear it. I have no patience for it. Not going to listen to it. Like I said, scandals can be, um, So, like I said, some are funny, some not so funny. But for the most part, you know, scandals are out there for people to talk to, people to debate. Uh, some of these I got from people that had sent some responses in. So some of the others... You know, the Manti Teo one was one that, you know, somebody had sent in. And I'm like, you know what? We got to talk. And that's the one that really would have just dug, you know, a needle right into my brother. You know, big time Notre Dame football fan. And he, I remember when it happened. I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, but hold on. Hold the phone. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to talk about it? This is all I want to talk about. <laughs> so very, very interesting having said that, but good one. Good show. Again, keep sending the information. Keep sending stuff that you want to talk about, want to hear, want to listen to. Scandals was one that people wanted to 
wanted to hear have a show about. So I threw it out there and said, okay, let's do it. Check us out on all the social media platforms. Instagram, we're LTB Podcast. Again, Instagram, we are LTB Podcast. On Twitter, we are at LTP Podcast, and then the number one. Again, on Twitter, it's at LTB Podcast and the number one. And on Facebook, it's Let's Talk Ball Podcast. Facebook, it's Let's Talk Ball Podcast. Until the next time, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And aloha. In the words of my brother, Robert. Aloha. Let's Talk Ball is produced by myself, Brian Hanley, and Darren Howard at Mach 1 Productions. Editing, music, intro, graphic design, cover art are also done by our director of operations, Darren Howard at Mach 1 Productions. Research, fact-checking by myself, Brian Hanley. The Let's Talk Ball podcast is brought to you by the LTB Network.